Yo, yo, everyone, this is Matthew Aaron, and I just want to remind everyone that ICO 101 podcast with Aaron Paul is going to start showing up in the Crypto 101 feed. So if you're looking at the new episodes and the logo is blue, that's Crypto 101. If the logo is orange, that's ICO 101 with Aaron Paul. I hope you listen to them both. I hope you enjoy them both. Please remember to subscribe to us wherever you enjoy your podcasts and leave us a comment and a rating. Thank you very much and enjoy ICO 101 with Aaron Paul. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to ICO 101, a Crypto 101 podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Paul. Yeah. At ICO 101, we look at initial coin offerings, security token offerings, utility token offerings, and general crowd sale offerings from an average consumer's perspective. We preview pre and post sale offerings while engaging with the leaders of those companies in order to help you make an informed decision on how you want to participate in these tokens, securities, or initial coin offerings. ICO 101 Podcast is on the Crypto 101 Podcast feed, so please find Crypto 101 Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and CastBox. Leave a positive rating and subscribe to it. It helps us stay in the top charts. Visit our website at ICO101podcast.com. I'm very active on Twitter, so please follow me there, at Sup Aaron Paul. While you're there, follow the show at ICO101podcast. Send me all the private messages you want. I love getting them, and I try to respond as fast as I can. And just as a reminder, folks, I'm not a professional investment institution, bank, lawyer, or accountant. I'm not offering any legal, accounting, or financial advice. So please make sure you listen, take notes, research, and make your own informed decision regarding STOs, ICOs, ITOs, and general crowd sales. In today's episode, I had a chance to catch up with Maurice Herreri, the co-founder of Fluzcoin. Maurice has more than 10 years in e-commerce and is also the co-founder of Fluzfluz, which was a precursor to Fluzcoin. Fluzcoin is an upcoming cryptocurrency currently in its ICO phase and is built on its own blockchain. There's a lot going on with this coin. We talk about staking, merchant rewards, fiat off-ramp options, and their intelligent patent-pending stablecoin feature. And lastly, we talk about an ICO 101 record-breaking hard cap of $212 million versus their $10 million soft cap and the rest of their roadmap. If after listening to this episode, you decide you want to participate in Fluzcoin ICO, then they are offering our listeners a bonus if you use the community referral link located at the bottom of the show notes. So without further ado, please welcome Maurice Herreri, the co-founder of Fluzcoin. Maurice Herreri, the co-founder of Fluzcoin. Welcome to ICO 101. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you were reluctant to tell me your title at first. <laughs> you wanted me to call you the janitor, but I wanted to frame it for the guys. That's really humble of you, by the way. I don't think that Thank that's you. a bad thing whatsoever. I think sometimes people get caught up in titles and let the titles identify who they are, and it falls by the wayside of what the big mission and vision is. So I like the humility. Awesome. Could I tell you something? It's, we don't have time for titles. This is really just about we have such a big appetite and such a big goal and a big team doing it. It's just about you know running to the finish line. Well, and I agree. That alone is enough for me. So while you don't have to talk about the title, 
<laughs> so the business I could tell you a lot about. The title, I'm still figuring that one out. How about before we talk about the business, let's talk about you. Because while we won't talk about the title, let's at least talk about who you are so that the listeners know, you know, who they're listening to, a little bit sounds, about yourself and how, how maybe good. you even got into Fluzcoin. All right. So I've been in the e-com space for about 12 years now, just running various different websites, selling on various marketplaces. And uh, about two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago, we started this idea called Flus Flus. Flus Flus is a disruptive concept where we're going to be distributing cash back for retail purchases with influencers. And so it's not just you're earning from the cash, you're earning cash back on the retail purchases you make, but we also built out a model allowing people to earn cash back from the purchases other people in their sphere of influence make. So we're really working together with our users to make sure that they're earning. So I came in really from an e-com perspective on the operational marketing financial side of saying, like, how do I get this product up, running, and built? Right. My partner is based in Colombia. And when he presented the idea to me, he said, you know, do you think this is something that could work for the U.S.? Or do you think it could work for Colombia? So, you know, because we got on a very, very powerful investor who has strong, strong retail connections in Colombian space, I figured we could jump right to the top. And we went and launched in Colombia. And since then, it's been a successful ride. And through that, I kind of transitioned into learning a lot about financial tech products because of everything that we're doing with storing the user balances, integrations with payment gateways, integration with retail point of sale. These are things that were like from the e-com side, you set it up once and the worst nightmare in the world is if it breaks and then you have to, that's your headache for the day. But, mm -hmm. you know, in this flus business, that became what we're doing all day long. And thank God we got pretty good at it. We've, you know, figured out how to map into the retailer systems, map into financial products that integrate with retailer payment processing, and also really kind of rally a team around user acquisition, payment processing, security operations. And from there, we were successful on kind of transitioning or launching down a long road of the transition of our rewards product onto the blockchain. How did you chase the rabbit into the blockchain rabbit you know, hole? And were you excited about blockchain and cryptocurrencies before this? To be honest with you, not really. I, you know, I thought it was, uh, you know, cute, nice, and nothing so substantial. But, mm -hmm. you know, I guess once you dip your toe in the water, it grabbed my ankle and pulled me into he head first into the lake. Yes, sir. So, you know, since then now I'm going to conferences, speaking, uh, you know, if you would have asked me, tell me two, three years ago, I'd be speaking on blockchain conferences, I'd tell you, you're nuts. Hmm. Now look at you, Flues Flues went to Flues Coin. Exactly. <laughs> so Flues Coin kind of was born out of the Flues Flues concept, whereby we're saying, you know, we have this, so to speak, rewards currency, and we need to globalize it because we're not looking just to transact only in Colombia. Well, Colombia is a very fast growing market. And we're seeing a lot of success there. The world is bigger than the 50 million Colombians living in it. Mm -hmm. And we're looking to expand globally. So we kind of brainstormed of different ways to do it. And blockchain obviously needed to be a part of that solution. Mm -hmm. And in digging deep into it, the product that we kind of rolled out for Fluzcoin was something that was not existent in the space. It wasn't there at all. So we started, you know, running various tests and uh, putting together 
prototypes and you know we came out with something that we're really really proud of this fluce coin product what we've come to realize is potentially as strong as our rewards business and can live on its own although we are creating a symbiotic relationship where fluce fluce is going to be the first user of the fluce coin protocol by no means is it going to be the last one. And I wanted to talk about Flus but I want to just start right from the beginning. And first thing is, just so you know, you're the first ICO company that I've interviewed that is launching a coin. Most people have been tokens and security tokens, etc. And, you know, there's been a lot of coin launches or coin companies on Crypto 101, but I only hold Bitcoin at the moment. And there's a number mm-hmm. of reasons for that. And one of the main reasons why is because I feel like until there's a mass adoption of merchants who want to accept cryptocurrency or there's enough people that actually want to use cryptocurrency at merchants and until there's like a proper infrastructure in place with easy to use interfaces so that I'm not, you know, tying up my money, I don't want to speculate or hedge on a currency. Right. Absolutely. And finally, I think one of the major hindrances to mass adoption is that just retailers and consumers and companies willingness, an actual business's willingness to pay his or her companies in cryptocurrencies as opposed to fiat is non-existent. Because it doesn't make sense. Uh, Exactly. So it doesn't exist for me to put my money. And I'm not saying this to say like, oh, I'm against Fluzcoin. I'm just saying this to ask you, I guess, first of all, in your opinion, what are the problems with retail adoption in cryptocurrencies? And two, how is Fluzcoin going to compete? Directly with the existing quote unquote well known coins on the market. Or US dollar. Or or US dollar. Or the euro or the RMB. That's right. That to me is who I really look at as our competitor. All the other solutions, you know, as long as we build an interchange between any other decentralized digital currency, I think we're all kind of working towards the same goal. And that's really what I'm here for. And that's what I want to pick up. So, you know, and those questions I had, I was like, what is, I want to know what your mission is, what your vision is, what's your guys' approach to the problem that the competitors aren't looking at, and what's your kind of unfair advantage in this? You know, what kind of coin is it? How's the fiat on-ramp? And I'm going to, I know I'm blitzing you with questions, but these are all the questions I have. So let's just start with the coin in general. So, you know, really, it's a intelligent, stable coin built for retail payments. And it's actually a protocol whereby other retailers can build and launch their own stablecoin or loyalty stablecoin on our product and use that product for their own digital payment solution. And we'll talk about how that whole process is going to work in a moment. But the concept is, you know, really retailers, if you think about a coffee store, just a small guy, you know, he, he brings in his money for the day and he needs to live on that money for today. So... There's a few plays of how we need to service this guy. First of all, part of the money that's coming in for the day is paying his employees, and he's also paying the beans, the coffee beans, the cups, et cetera, the lights. So we need to build a process for this guy, for this retailer, whereby he's not taking any currency risk. He's able to get in and out of the digital currency without any friction. And to be honest, he doesn't have a staff whose job it is just to take care of these transactions daily. Right. And uh, we need to build an easy-to-use system. So we've looked at players like Square, like Stripe, like PayPal, who kind of built a 
easy to use everyday digital product for small and medium businesses also with scale in mind to support retail transactions so what we've done for this small coffee operator is we've given him the stability so if he sets his price at two dollars a cup of coffee to accept payment in flus coin that'll be right now 20 flus coin the fluctuation isn't going to be radical on a daily basis it'll be uh fractions of fractions of a percentage and it's really just based on the global movement of the dollar against the global basket of currency and i'll talk a little bit about how we're maintaining that stability but uh we're giving him the process so he's setting the price in flus coin when our system our payment gateway uh, has already been integrated with some of the leading small operator POS systems, i.e. like a Square, like a uh, Stripe, like a Shopify. These POS or e-com systems, they all have open APIs, so we were able to integrate into them. So on the retailer's perspective, he just has to you know, install the extension and select the option to accept Fluzcoin. One of the unfair competitive advantages we have is a team that's already done this. One of our team members, formerly PayPal, left to then go do a exact technical solution whereby integrating e-com websites to retail POS systems. So, I mean, you couldn't get asked for better. Someone who kind of knows what it looks like under the hood, and she she built a turnkey solution for that. So that kind of opened us up and allowed us to jump from zero to 100 really, really fast. And we'll keep going on, you know, what are some other competitive advantages we have. And then when the retailer is setting it up, he has the option to choose his payout daily. If it's going to be in Fluzcoin, whereby Fluzcoin will just go into his digital wallet. And as far as process goes, just to take a detour, which is we've really built our user interface for a first-time crypto user. And, you know, while we do have private keys and unique wallet addresses for each user, that's not living on the forefront of our app because my grandmother doesn't know what a private key is. Uh, and, <laughs> and explaining that to her is going to be a... Eyes are going to gloss over and you're going to be wasting time. I mean, But you know what? Within two clicks, we could show her where to access her wallet address and private key from the Fluzcoin app. Mm. So it is there. We did build for a sophisticated crypto user. However, our core user journey exists without all the bells and whistles that are necessary for more sophisticated users. The fiat is going to work whereby we are all, and this is another unfair competitive advantage, we've both partnered with some national exchanges on much more than just a token listing process, but actual buy-sell agreements with our coin, as well as in the process of deploying our own hosted exchange so we could support transaction cost-free payments to the retailers. And what we would then do is sell their daily currencies and give them one batch payout. So it's almost like a daily credit card settlement. And uh, our AI is going to really determine the rate at which these transactions are selling. And our promise is, you know, just like some of the major players in this uh, merchant processing, it's uh, one to three day delay on the settlement batches. So giving us plenty of time to execute the trades. So this coffee operator, if he sells a thousand dollars in the day, 
he'll get a batch payout in traditional fiat through an ACH wire. Okay. We're able to execute all that by running on existing systems. To answer your next question about like really why is this not working yet, one of the big hurdles is you're forcing the retailers to take the currency risk. Now, by us, because of the stability mechanism, the currency risk isn't that much. And the second play is because we're hosting our own exchange, we're not interested in locking the people into holding our coin and saying, hold our coin or else, you know, or take the time to go in and get in and out and assume the transaction fees. It's a simple setting on your account. You want to do it. Good luck to you. Now, there is a financial benefit for them to hold the coin. Let me take a little bit of a digression because in order for you to understand that, I need to give you an understanding of some of our token economics, which is in order to mint new coins, we're using proof of stake rather than proof of work. And would it be fair to assume that your listeners kind of know the difference or you need me to explain it? Well, we're Crypto 101. So let's just do a two minute, what is proof of work versus proof of stake, just to frame it and then we'll go from there. Okay. So the best understanding of how I was able to understand it, and I'm myself really, my understanding of crypto is relative to what's out there. So I'll explain it to the listeners how I understand it. Perfect. The reason why they have Bitcoin mines all over the world is because in order to be rewarded with more Bitcoin, you need to show proof that you're doing work, thus proof of work. Mm-hmm. So the work that the mines are doing is they're so to speak, hosting the blockchain. So they're almost acting like a decentralized system of Amazon Web Services or validating transactions, but we'll consider the use the term hosting. So they're big, giant hosting facilities built all over the world. And that's what proof of work is. What proof of stake is, rather than paying Bitcoin to the people who are acting as your local Amazon hosting facilities, you're paying newly issued coin to the people who are holding the coin. So if let's say there's only one coin that exists in the world and there's demand for another coin, the only coin, that new coin that will get issued will go to the wallet address of the guy holding the coin. So if there's 10 coins and there's demand for one new coin and there's 10 coins distributed on 10 wallets, every wallet will get 0.1 coin of the newly issued coin. So we're using proof of stake for our issuing of new coin. So why is that a value to the retail users, the actual consumers holding and transacting Fluce coin, as well as the retailers? Because what this does for them is it allows them to, as our demand and our market cap grows, we are issuing small micropayments to these coin holders themselves. And almost as if it's like a small dividend payment for the coins that are out there. So the the retailer who chooses to get paid in fiat, he loses that staking reward for the transactions and for the coin that are flowing through his store. But he's trading it off in exchange for immediate liquidity in fiat, which we see on a long-term basis not becoming de minimis as there's more and more penetration in the market for Fluce coins. I'm glad that was on my list of questions to ask about the stake or the mining part. So I appreciate you sure. already mentioned that. And we were talking about the fiat as well. And I wanted to talk about the fiat on wrap. I think that it's awesome. You gave an example. So Matthew Aaron owns a coffee shop. And Matthew Aaron's the host of Crypto 101, by the way, in case you didn't know. <laughs> Matthew Aaron owns a coffee shop. 
and he sells $1,000 worth of coffee that day. And let's just say some of it got paid with flus, most of it got paid with fiat. Now, they have the option to take the payout at the end of the day or really allocate any way that they want. I'm going to take X percent of fiat because I need it for whatever reason, and I'm going to put the rest with flus. I want to stake it, and they're going to get some dividend payments or micro payments back. Got it. Mm -hmm. I know the current market situation with getting fiat on-ramped to get the coins is a little difficult at the moment. So I don't want to really talk about now. I want to talk about in the future. How will people trade their fiat at the beginning on the onset to get so, those coin? So you have to think about really where the flus coin is going to come in. And that's really what we're working with our protocol users to generate that fiat in. So the fiat in, for example, on our reward site is going to be the actual cash back rewards that you're earning. That reward balance will be exist paid out in fiat and our protocol partners are going to be the ones issuing the flus coin or the other alternative is for the retailer this coffee shop well because we're hosting our exchange what if someone walks into mr aaron's coffee shop and they want to pay mr aaron with the aaron altcoin okay <laughs> the 101 altcoin alt so there will be a pairing between the flus coin and the aaron altcoin assuming it's traded on our exchange and we're going to Pair it based on the liquidity, based on the pricing across other exchanges. We're making sure we're pairing to the fair market value of that so there's no arbitrage opportunities to cheat you or cheat us. But uh, you want to pair with the Aaron altcoin. So we would allow Aaron Coffee to accept the Aaron altcoin at his store, whereby it's going into Flusecoin. So mm -hmm. what's happening on a step by step process is. You're going from Aaron coin to Flus coin. Now, we would only support Aaron coin based on if there's liquidity in there that we could get out because we need to then convert that either back to a higher volume coin. Right. Unfortunately for the Aaron coin, I think it's going to be a little bit of time till that that goes online. That's the first way. And that's with, you know, any altcoin payment to then support our stable coin. Obviously, we're going to need to make sure we pad it a little bit to protect us if there's volatility around the Aaron coin, mm -hmm. you know, so that nobody's losing money by taking the risk. And we're giving you Flus coin that you're now giving to the retailer, and we're then turning the Aaron coin into fiat. Now, the other play is with our protocol users, where let's just say, and I can't tell you which of the world's 15 largest retailers, but one of them we're already significantly down the roads of discussing them using us as their cryptocurrency solution for their retail stores and online businesses. And so exactly what I just told you with the Aaron coin, they're also going to issue their own coin. So meaning, let's call it the top 15 retailer XYZ coin. And that top 15 retailer XYZ coin that we're going to be deploying will again be transferable essentially it's going to be a white label version of the flus coin but it'll be stable acceptable at pos and at retailer and acceptable at any other place where the flus coin protocol is acceptable it's almost like how the erc20 platform allows any erc20 token to be listed on any exchange that supports erc20 tokens yes you're leading into quorum aren't you <laughs> at uh, least i wanted to lead into quorum anyways uh, yeah, but uh, we'll hold on one second. All now, right. the, the play is, again, how are consumers ending up with 
the top 15 retailer coin. They're getting it because that's the currency that's going to be issued for this top 15 retailers loyalty coin. Yes. So when they have a loyalty program, they're going to know. And this is a perfect, perfect solution for any global operating retailer because you know, it, let's just say they're in the U.S. and Colombia, which is us flus flus. We're there. You know, the Colombian peso against the dollar. From when I started, flus flus was at thirty-two hundred, and today I think it's trading around twenty-eight-five mm-hmm. to two thousand eight hundred and fifty Colombian pesos to one dollar. And you know, what is one point? Is one point one penny? Is it one peso? Is it ten pesos? Is it a right. hundred? So when we're creating a globally stable coin, it's the headache of one entity to maintain that global stability. And so that's kind of why global retailers really are biting into it. And the reality is, in order to stay relevant for the younger consumer base, they need to make sure they're deploying products that allow them to remain relevant. 100%. Hey everyone, this is Matthew Aaron, and I'm here to tell you about our YouTube channel, Crypto 101 with Matthew Aaron. And the reason why we're doing this YouTube channel is because, well, we heard your feedback. Some people really like listening to stuff on YouTube. So all the audio podcasts are going to be posted on YouTube. Also, we're going to do previews and roundups of each episode. The previews are going to tell you about how we got to doing this topic, talking to these individuals, and where this interview came from. And the roundups are going to give you my personal opinions on the projects, the people, and, well, some commentary. And the reason why we're doing this is because we never want you to feel that we're shilling a certain project. I want you to get my personal opinions, honestly, openly. So please subscribe to Crypto 101 with Matthew Aaron on YouTube and enjoy. Comments are always welcome. And please let us know how we're doing. Now, back to the show. What you're establishing, it seems like, is, you know, you get a lot of retailers, everybody has a rewards program, but you're given, if I understand correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, the opportunity to take rewards and do with it what you want, other than have to use it in that retail store, if I want. Is that correct? That's on the retailer to determine what the rules they want to apply to the rewards they issue. Okay. But our protocol allows for it to come and go. Okay. And now, let me explain something more. And again, why do I have an unfair competitive advantage to execute this idea, which is, you know, it's good, but it's the execution that's going to be the wow factor. Because, again, why I say my, my title's a janitor, because we got people who are a lot better and smarter and more connected than me to kind of come and pull this off. So some of the players we have that are involved in making this whole thing happen are the... This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply head of one of the largest retail operators in Latin America. We have another one who is one of the largest retail chains in all of Panama. Now, Panama is a small country, but a lot goes through there as far as tourism and then global trade in Latin America. We have several serious players as far as retail operators in Europe as well. So the head of the artificial intelligence unit of Zolando, Europe's second largest e-commerce website. He wrote our AI, but also kind of made sure to introduce us to their payments processing team to help make sure our solution is a viable option for a company at the scale of Zolando. Mm-hmm. Or another one is a company called Showroom Privé out of France. They're the equivalent of France's guilt group doing about almost $2 billion. And again, these guys are helping from the retailer side saying, what would I want to see in my digital currency solution? So we made sure to build our product with that in mind. And obviously, having these players involved helped open up doors to push our mass acceptance. Why did you build your framework on Quorum? And can you give the listeners a 101? And I want to frame that because I saw some really interesting things on your guys' white paper that had to do with Quorum. And I want to talk about those, but I think we really need to get into Quorum because a lot of the things that you've said, I think will make sense when you talk about that as well. All right. Not a problem. And you know, let me start with saying this. One of our goals for our product is to establish transaction cost-free payments at retail. So You know, us as consumers, we go and buy a $2 cup of coffee and we pay with credit card. We smile because we get our points and we get, uh, you know, we could pay in 30 days and it's easy. I don't have to carry cash. But the retailer is crying. His stomach is turning. He's paying, just to give you some of the cost involved, there's anywhere from 10 to 50 cent swipe fee just for swiping the credit card. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, poor Aaron's Coffee, who's not doing billions of dollars in coffee a year, he's closer to the 15 than the 10 or the 5 or whatever it is. Then there is a Visa fee. There's an interchange fee that's coming from Visa, MasterCard, Amex. If it's a card that rewards loyalty points, that fee gets tacked on too. Then there's a banking fee and a settlement fee. So 
that $2 swipe may cost the retailer, you know, as, as high as 75 cents. That's why sometimes we see, you know, in retail stores, although it's not really authorized process from Visa or MasterCard or Amex, a credit card minimum. And, you know, so the small retailers, credit card fees is a big factor biting into their profitability. For large retailers, when they hit scale, that, that fee becomes de minimis. But uh, it's still a line item on their P&L, and it's still a concern to them. You know, with that in mind, we're saying, how do I achieve a transaction cost-free payment at retail? On top of that, if you look at what does it cost, I'm reading about it every day, about how Ether gas prices are getting more and more expensive. What does it cost to update a block in Ether, on the Ethereum network? We're talking, let's say, on the $2 cup of coffee, it could be as bad as a dollar. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, no, of course, we're worse than the alternative, not better. So that's kind of the business challenge we had to get around was saying, how do I achieve a transaction cost free payment to the retailer? And it has to be decentralized on a blockchain. So we started shopping and we sh- we looked at about 15 different blockchains. We installed them tested them, ran simulations. And what we were looking for is a blockchain that was enterprise-focused, similar to the Ethereum blockchain, which resolved challenges like privacy and transparency. But as far as performance, giving us hundreds of thousands, not millions of transactions per second. And uh, the last piece was ability to control permissions and governance. And let me take a small detour explaining how permissions plays in and governance plays in. So, and again, we're not even into the quorum yet, just explaining why permissions. So part of why the block updating cost is growing and why you're seeing bigger and bigger and more Bitcoin farms coming up all over the world and these farms are yielding less coin per farm per day. The reason is because as the uh, penetration in the market grows, there's more spamming. There's more transactions happening for people trying to retrieve coin. And what having a permissioned blockchain in place does for us is it allows us to kind of cut out those spammers and those fake transactions because... In doing that, what we've then accomplished is we have less transactions that are slowing down the system. And the permissions access means that we are, in fact, giving our retailers access to validate transactions too. And it is our retail partners who are supporting the system. So we're really coming at it from a decentralized way, but it's not just any Tom, Dick, and Harry who could start running our Flucecoin blockchain and unfortunately do not good things too. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, we've taken a, a slightly different approach to the process. We're saying we do want people involved. We do want it to be decentralized, but we don't just want any bad guy on. So there needs to be an element of centralization whereby we could kind of vet the people who will have the keys to the blockchain. And also just for safety's sake, if anyone starts in simplicity terms, behaving badly, spamming the system, which would then push our transaction cost up because you're having more transactions and hosting the blockchain will become increasingly more expensive, thus negating our initial goal of transaction cost-free payments. You know, that'll ruin the system. So we have the ability to turn those guys off. 
Hmm. So, you know, with looking for those goals, now that's kind of why we landed on Quorum. It's, you know, just ideal application for high-speed, high-throughput processing, built for private transactions within a permission group. And it's all about knowing the participants. So they really took specific focus of addressing, taking blockchain, applying it to permissioned transactions. And they built for the financial industry, but then beyond that too. So, you know, some of the other technologies, later generation blockchains we looked at were Hyperledger, Fabric, but you know, none of them were really gave us the transaction speed and permissioning that we were really looking for. Mm-hmm. So we started with Quorum, we forced from there. And, oh, it's been off to the races. Awesome. One more thing is the Quorum's tied to the Ethereum blockchain as well. So you know, one of their claims was that they're developed to evolve alongside Ethereum. So you guys have a patent pending staking process. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, you can't talk about some of it, but what can you talk about? <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. What I can talk to you about is that our pending patent number is available on the website, so you kind of could go and see whatever is publicly available. Uh-huh. Uh, essentially, high, high, high level, it's the process of a protocol for a retailer to issue their own stablecoin and another entity to issue their own stablecoin on our technology. Awesome. And then it's also a lot of the processes we're using to maintain coin stability. So businesses can build their own stable coin on top of the Flues coin network. Yes, meaning they'll all contribute towards our market cap and they're using a lot of our tools that we already put into place. However, there's a lot of flexibility around what they can and can't do and we take care of a lot of the problems for them. So Matthew Aaron's coffee shop He's a food and beverage industry, and he accepts flus. Can he build his own stablecoin? He's got 50 locations now. He's done a good job. Good for him. Yeah, he could. God bless him. <laughs> I think he may need a few programmers, so 50 locations. You better have uh, extra desk space in there. But <laughs> if, you, if he wants to, good luck to him. Matthew's a really smart guy. I'm sure he'll figure it out. Hey, okay. Dude, I want to talk about the volatility, the stablecoin. Right. Okay, uh, not a problem. So the crux of it, again, how we're coming at this from a retail perspective. And, you know, again, just to tie into some of the unfair competitive advantages we have. So besides a stacked team of involved global enterprise level retailers, what we have is some heavy duty hitters on the blockchain and on the financial side. So we have some bankers who are responsible for global movement of money and currency across various regions. We have players in the blockchain space. Namely, are you familiar with the P2P Foundation? I guess for the 101 listeners, the P2P Foundation is where Satoshi published his white paper. And we have one of the ambassadors from there who kind of allowed us to take advantage of a lot of the best practices of blockchain and cryptocurrencies and open up a lot of relationships for us in the space. We have legal advisors who are helping us with the regulatory frameworks that countries are using, namely the country of India, to put into their regulatory framework for managing digital currencies. Former ambassadors from the US to Singapore or you know other areas of the world. So we came at this 
solution on the financial and regulatory side, you know, with a very big focus on how do we take the process of supply and demand. And then the next piece is automated. So on the process side, as demand goes up, let's say today the demand was we wanted to buy one cup of coffee. Tomorrow, now two people say this flu's coin thing is great. We need to buy. I also want to buy a cup of coffee. Well, mm-hmm. now the market needs to have two. Let's say the next day it goes back down to one. Well, we need to have the ability to buy back that extra flu's coin so that we could take it out of circulation. Because when the market supply is fixed, pricing is the only thing that'll move. So in order to fix that problem, we had to have controls on supply and demand. So with that, what we did is we have our own reserve that we're using to buy back the coin should demand fall. And again, we're also being very, very selective on which users of our protocol we're allowing on. We're not looking for protocol usages where it's going to be a pump and dump situation. We're looking for true issuers of currency whereby it's going to be used as a means of payment and not a investment pump and dump vehicle, which as an aside, I'll get into a little bit later how we do have that too. But we have these pieces in play. And so that's kind of really the fundamentals of what the system does is it issues a supply. Part of the issuing goes into three buckets. One bucket is the ICO investors, and we'll talk about how those that token economics works in a second. Two is the reserve. And three is the actual Flus coin holders. So we split it 25, 50, 25. So 25 to the ICO investors, 50 to the reserve, and 25 to the retail coin holders. And these amounts are done through random algorithms in order to prevent people predicting the system and trying to game the system. Mm-hmm. So that's the fundamental theory behind what we're doing. Now, how are we executing all of this? Uh, that's where you got people a lot smarter than me, uh, really lean on three monster leaders who led the charge in front of a powerful team, but one being an AI developer from YouTube, one being the AI developer leading a team of 400 AI developers on Zolando, and one being an algorithmic trader who all day long makes a living off algorithmic trading. And all these players come together, and what they're doing for us is they're helping create the rules of which the AI, called Unomia, issues and buys back coin. And what's the process for the reserve? Then Unomia, which is, again, the entity that's responsible for managing the supply and demand and overseeing the artificial intelligence, is running constant spot checks and auditing the output of the AI. So Unomia is really responsible for making sure that this it's a human intervention that's making sure the system doesn't break. Unomia is going to be led by one of the former co-founders of America's largest private equity firm, the Carlyle Group. And he's kind of coming on, taking the charge to lead control of our financial best practices and our process of which we're monitoring this currency and monitoring supply and demand. Did I lose you? No, no, no. I was listening. 
I was listening. Okay, I'm, good. I'm actually well, good. taking taking a, a little diagram here. So, Eunomia, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, which is a cool name, by the way. It's the Greek god of stability. Yes, I looked that up, and I thought it was really cool. Hold on, side point. All Again, right. something I didn't do. We got cooler people than me too. Co-founder of TechCrunch, Keith Tier, has really been instrumental in helping us maintain our cool factor and our, you know, what he calls is the narrative. So you have roughly two to three entities that are all involved here. Eunomia, you have the Fluzcoin Global, and Fluzfluz. How do they all relate? How do they all flow together? And I understand Eunomia is the stability side. It's the AI vehicle, and it's comprised of the human side, the legal sides. You got some policymakers in there. You got a board mm-hmm. of people who are keeping a very close eye on this because the last thing you need is for this thing to go wild, right? Exactly. you got to have your finger on the trigger the whole time. Let me say this. And we also have, on top of that, an exciting partnership in the Cooks with one of Europe's largest currencies, the same forecasting tool and artificial intelligence stability mechanism that they're using. It looks like we'll be using their same tool. So that's going to be really exciting too. So we have on top of our own internal AI, we have an outside AI double-checking our work. So that's going to be a lot of fun, too. The reason we want to kind of keep Unomia away from Flutescoin Global is because Unomia needs to be bipartisan, non-biased, to really create the rules and maintain the process of the supply and demand, which becomes different than the actual Flutescoin, which is more of the business behind executing the protocol relationships implementing the protocol relationships, and then running, you know, potentially any marketing partnerships. But that's around the coin, which would then exist independent of the stability. And then Flusflus is an independent entity that does one thing, which is a cashback rewards, and it's only using Flus coin protocol. Obviously, it's the reason we came up with this idea, but you know, to give you the example of the symbiotic relationship between PayPal and eBay. PayPal now, you know, in hindsight, 20 years later, we're seeing PayPal exist independent of eBay. Mm-hmm. However, at the time, it was only born to exist with eBay, you know, as a key driver for pushing user acquisition. So Flus Flus will kind of act as our eBay and, you know, it should live on. It should help a lot of users earn cash back. The cash back will be distributed in Flus coin. Awesome. Well, the listeners should know that, as always, all this information will be on the show links. They're encouraged to do their own research. And Flusecoin.io. Yep. And it'll be all in there. So let's just close this down with, let's talk about the ICO launch. Let's talk about your roadmap. Take me through it. Go ahead. One thing I would like to talk to you about is the token economics as well. Okay. Because I think it's important to understand how does an investor make money in a stable coin? Because, you know, it would, see, it would seem counterintuitive. Why would you want to invest in a coin if the whole promise of the coin is that it's going to be stable? So why invest in it? Mm-hmm. And the answer is as follows. We spent a lot of time thinking about that. may have been almost as hard as creating the AI itself. And so what we did there was as follows. The ICO investors are not buying this, what we'll call the quorum, the Flusecoin token that's a retail token. They are buying an ERC-20 token that is convertible on Flusecoin.com to that retail coin. And like I said, with the staking rewards, so when $1 of Flusecoin 
is issued, when our market cap is going to go from our initial ICO value to $1 more, 25 cents, 25% of every new dollar on Fluce coin market cap will be issued to the ICO token holders. And what does that mean? What is that doing for us? What that does for us is it's creating a staking reward there. Now watch this. At any given time, you could convert over your $1 in ICO investment into retail currency that you could then go and buy yourself a cup of coffee with. If you find a retail store that sells you a cup of coffee for a dollar. But if you hold it, as more people convert it over, that 25% distribution gets dispersed over the remaining ICO investors. So watch this. Our initial market cap, just to make numbers easy, call it $200 million. On the $200 million, let's say our market cap goes from $200 million to $400 million. So that would be $50 million is going to be distributed over the redeemable cashback of the ICO token holders. So that means the ICO token holders could turn in their token for that a guy bought a dollar, he could turn it, take it for a dollar twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Here's where it gets better. If let's say on two hundred million dollars, everyone but one person with one dollar sells every single thing and they convert all their ICO investment over to Fluce coin and everyone buys themselves a cup of coffee, except for that one guy with one dollar left. And then the market cap goes from two hundred to four hundred million. That would be fifty million dollars in staking rewards. Hmm. That one guy gets all 50 million. Interesting. The staking rewards remain the same on all the token holders as long as they're holding. And at any given time, the tokens are redeemable for a retail currency, almost like their cashback, in which, by the way, the retail currency itself is 50% cashback by uh, retail assets in a basket of currencies. So 50% of it is actually backed by other assets. 100% of the value is a one-to-one ratio. And then as our market cap grows, that value of the coin grows. Again, taking my example where all but $1 sold. And right now, today, that $1 only redeems you $1 in Fluce coin as of day one after the ICO. Mm -hmm. But what do you think that one remaining ICO token will trade at? Well, no only tra- <laughs> uh, my, my point to you is it's going to trade at a much bigger multiple than the actual redeemable value. Because if you know that every single dollar in market cap growth is going to go to that one remaining token, so it's going to trade at a much bigger multiple than the actual redeemable cash value. Got it. <laughs> did I say it too fast? No, you did not say it too fast, so, but don't make me repeat all of that back to you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, guys? It's not a problem because if you just go to our website, we actually have an interactive calculator. If you scroll down towards the middle or you just click on the token link on the top, it'll jump you right there. And you could play around with how it looks on the site and you could run various scenarios. So what happens? I did not see is- that. I apologize. I did not see that. As soon as we're done, I'm going to go play with that. So you could just see like, all right, what happens if I make a thousand dollar investment? What happens if market cap doubles? What happens if market cap goes up a hundred percent? What happens if 90% of the Fluce coin gets redeemed? Mm -hmm. And then what we do is we show you what is the redeemable value 
So by the way, just to give you some more information, if you go to Flusecoin, you click on the token, there's the calculator where you can play with it and drag it and see the, the outputs. Or if you click the link and go to flusecoin.io slash calculator, you can see interactive graphs where it'll show you how big is the reserve size, how big is the retail coin backed of your ICO tokens, and what are we expecting the multiple, what are we expecting the ICO token to be trading at based on certain market cap growth, mm. certain conversions, if the ICO tokens are getting converted over. So we're showing you a nice picture on everything. I completely missed that. I'm looking forward to checking it out. So where are you guys in the launch phase? And what can I do when you guys are done? All right. So where are we in the launch phase? We're grinding away at building out our product and rolling out additional retailer integrations and implementation of our product for various retail payments. We've already raised enough to start our Latin American launch. We have a very big gap it's untraditional between our soft cap and our hard cap. And the reason is based on as we raise more, we're just going to go after more markets right away. Mm -hmm. So our hard cap allows us to hit the entire world. Our soft cap allows us to just launch in Latin America where our group is strongest. And we're going to be rolling that out into early next year with the first implementation being our own rewards platform, which is using the protocol as well as any strategic partnerships we make with retailers to run the protocol too. And you could see on our site, a few different retailers have already kind of signed on to be independent acceptors of our protocol. More than a few. There's quite a few big names on there. Exactly. In the gap between the soft and the hard, right? 10 mm -hmm. to, to 212. At What's the dollar amount that gets you into the U.S.? And when is the U.S. a part of the launch? It's a great question. And, uh, you know, it really kind of depends on the uncertain regulatory areas of the U.S. So, you know, we assume if we're hitting our hard cap, it's not going to be impossible. But is it going to be 50 million or is it going to be 45 million or is it going to be 100 million based on the evolving regulatory aspects of the U.S.? After we close the ICO is when we're going to kind of really approach it. To be honest, the world's largest consumer marketplace has to have a retail stable coin. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. So is it immediately after the close of the ICO? Is it going to be six months, 12 months, 18 months? We're coming. I think that helps us address it. All right, Maurice, let's wrap it up. If anyone wants to know anything else about you guys, where do they go? We got Telegram. Thank God we're thriving 40,000 plus active members of our community. And make sure you keep your phone on vibrate because if you leave it beeping, it'll just be a straight buzz. Man, it's a busy group. I went on there. It's, uh, you know, we think we got a lot of buy-in from the early active investors to want to be part of our success. And, you know, we hope to bring on a few more. And, you know, if anyone in your group wants to get involved, just uh, flusecoin.io and the process is laid out pretty clear there all right cool maurice janitor of flusecoin <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you for being on ico 101 and i look forward to tracking your guys's progress thank you so much for your time really appreciate it thank you have a good day you too bye-bye
Yo, yo, everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, then check out the links on the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to ICO 101 Podcast by going to the Crypto 101 Podcast feed that is found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and CastBox and leave a positive review. Please follow me on Twitter at Sup Aaron Paul. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter as well at ICO 101 Podcast. Until next time, peace. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.